0: episode 27 of Run Talk SA, a brand new show, and uh, I'm Brad Brown. Parkey, how's it going? Yeah,
1: very good, actually. Um, tough one last week uh, in Johannesburg. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, more importantly, this weekend, I went up to Harare. Wow, interesting running in Harare. But I'll tell you more about that little edge around.
0: Yeah, by the sounds of it, uh, you, you've had two tough weeks in a row, but we'll touch on that in a moment. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we've had so many requests, Parky. Uh, I got a statement from Ian Laxton regarding uh, what happened with Sonia uh, just almost two weeks after her accident. And I caught up with uh, their daughter, Kim Laxton. Uh, earlier on this week, just to get an update uh, about uh, what Sonia's condition is looking like. And it's looking pretty good, uh, as far as if you think about the impact that she took. Uh, She's actually doing amazingly well, uh, and she should be heading out of ICU... Probably today, which is Tuesday when we're recording this. That was what Kim said. Uh, And they're hoping to have a home by Christmas. So that's fantastic news. And then last night, Monday night on the 2nd of December. That's very good news. Yeah, that is. It's great news. Uh, Last night, the 2nd of December, we did our fourth Comrades webinar with New Balance. Myself, Lindsay Parry, uh, the Comrades coach, and our resident dietitian, Louise Bembridge, Uh, All got together and put on what I think was a pretty decent webinar. Some amazing questions coming through uh, across the interwebs on Twitter and Facebook and and via email as well. So we got to answer a lot of those and I'll play you a snippet of that webinar. And if you want to check out the whole thing, all you need to do is go to runtalksa.co.za, click on the webinars button and it is there as well. Parky, you mentioned you were in uh, Zim this weekend. You also caught up with someone pretty interesting while you were there. Yeah, I spoke to the race
1: director. His name is Adrian Bachelor Adams, and he's the race director for the Harare Athletic Club HAC Twenty um, Miler. It's sponsored by Europe Car, and it was uh, in its forty-fourth running this year. So it's a long. History of running at the club, and uh, and of course they're very proud of this event. So I was happily uh, invited to go there and run, uh, one of 300 people. Uh, we have put some pictures on the website, and uh, of course I've got that interview to play you in this week's Run Talk essay show. I can tell you though, incredibly hot. I mean, really, really hot. If you compare uh, running in conditions in, in Johannesburg two weeks ago, I ran the tough one. Uh, and then this last weekend run, this uh, 20-miler in Harare, wow, just really, really warm. Same sort of altitude. Uh, Harare sits at about 1,450 meters above sea level. Joburg around about 1,500, depending on where you are. So no real major difference in in, in, uh, in height and altitude. But certainly the, uh, the, the hot, humid conditions didn't help the runners. But some really good times posted. I think the winner came in in 1 hour 49, which is not a bad effort, not a record. Uh, as you'll hear in the interview, in fact, they've done a lot better than that in previous years. But uh, it always seems to be, according to the race director, a very, very hot weekend, the first uh, December weekend, which is when they run this race. Um, So so conditions always tough.
0: Was Bob around or was he shopping in New York?
1: Uh, Yeah, no comment. Didn't see him, didn't (laughs) pop by and uh, probably won't be doing that in a hurry. (laughs)
0: All right, let's get straight into this week's show. Before we do that, though, if you want to be in touch, you can tweet us at runtalksa. Uh, you can also pop us an email podcast at runtalksa.co.za. We've been getting tons of requests uh, here on the show to get an update on how Sonia Laxton is doing, and uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome her daughter Kim on the show. Kim, thanks for chatting to us today. It's uh, it's good to chat, and it's a pity under uh, it's under these circumstances, but it's always nice to catch up.
2: Thank you, Brad, and it's wonderful to just kind of touch base with all the people that have been so supportive and asking so many questions. Yeah, um, she, she really is doing quite a lot better. Every day really is a new little um, a new little progress that she makes. She's, she's essentially sitting in a chair. She's walking um, from sort of one side of the ICU to the other, which... Bearing in mind a week ago, she could barely move. So this is this is huge progress. Um, she needed ventilation at the, the earlier part of the week. Um, she had an pneumonia. She's got her multiple refractors, and she was really struggling to maintain her saturation and, and keep her respiratory rate down. So they they assisted her a bit with, with what we basically call non-invasive ventilation. Um, but since then, they've taken her off that. She's just really on nasal prongs at the moment um, and really looking a lot better. Um, The swelling from the trauma has come down. She looks a bit yellow from all the old bruising. But overall, um, we are very happy with the way she is coping. Um, She's very mentally tough. which She's physically tough because of being, you know, being um, hardcore fit. So I think um, overall, she really has made a remarkable recovery. But I still think there's quite a lot kind of down the road for her.
0: Yeah, Kim. I mean, if I think about it, I, I'm just trying to get the time frame. It's, it's basically three weeks since the accident, and and that progress. I mean, it was a it was a really massive impact that she sustained. And while what she's saying, she's doing amazingly well.
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, it is about 17 days since the whole thing happened. Um, I saw her literally from day one, and. She was pre-surgery, so they had to repair all of the, I mean, she had multiple, multiple fractures, which they really had to repair quite urgently. So they've done that. And then what we've learned from, from being in the trauma, um, ICU is that the body then after about seven days starts to repair itself. So you've got the initial trauma, which is obviously what we see and the physical impact, which is so disabling in the beginning. But then as the body starts to repair, it starts to use its own resources, its own proteins, its own, um, you know, everything, all its all its goodness. It starts repairing the blood vessels and the bones. And what actually happened um, about, say, 10 days ago is that she started to kind of leak fluid because she lost most of her proteins in her blood vessels, so she became very edematous. So that also was kind of like a hampering thing, but what we've seen now for the last three days is with some of the lasers that have been giving her to flush out that fluid, and they've replaced a lot of that protein, she's actually almost halved in size because she isn't leaking so much fluid. So yes, absolutely, over the last 17, 17 odd days, there's been these multiple things that have happened to her, but right now, she's really looking much better, um, and she's... Basically, who own self. If you physically look at her, she's got everything in slings. And, you know, they're starting to take the staples out from the operations. But really, she is looking so much better. And it just shows us the capacity for the body to recover after such trauma.
0: Yeah, it is. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Kim, I, I chatted to your dad briefly via SMS uh, this morning as well. And, and he was saying you guys are hopeful to have uh, mom home for Christmas.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's... You know, you, you, you have your merry, merry Christmas wish, and I think that's certainly mine. Um, I think just from a, from a purely practical point of view, I think she'll probably still be in the ICU for another day or so. I know we've been getting a lot of questions as to when they think people can come visit mom. Um, and look, the trauma ICU is open trauma, so you can actually come in, but I think it's actually probably more pleasant to visit someone in a general ward. So, um, I see her moving to a general ward probably within the next 24 to 36 hours, depending on her a mobilization state but then then it's about the rehab, then it's about getting mm-hmm. her more independent from for, for basic tasks, for basic functioning, you know, brushing her teeth, washing her hair, getting dressed, going to the bathroom, those sort of things. Now that might take a good two to to two and a half weeks. It's very unpredictable um, and we what we find with trauma patients is they tend to hit a bit of a plateau and then they start recovering again. So hopefully within three weeks we can see her being at home and just generally looking better, looking more positive and I think the rehab is going to take a while but yes, Christmas D-Day, I think they will be only too pleased to get her out of
0: the hospital. Well, we're going to be sending tons of positive vibes that that does happen. It'll be awesome to, to have home. Kim, just for, for people who hadn't actually heard the details of what actually happened, can you just run through briefly what actually happened on, on the day she got hit by that car?
2: Okay, well, um, what actually – which was the the day of the 94.7 cycle race, and she went for her routine run. We've got little set routes that we do. My dad and I were down in Stellenbosch for the weekend, and um, we got a phone call at about quarter to eight on that Sunday morning saying that she had been hit by a car. And what really was happening is she was coming home. We had our little route. She had about a K to go and she was crossing over Oxford Street. Um, it's very quiet. You know, there weren't too many cars on the road as per usual on a Sunday. And we not, uh, the, the details of the actual event is quite sketchy. Um, we do know that the person who hit her was coming from her right hand side. She was crossing over Oxford. She had looked. She'd seen the robots was red, you know, for them and green for her. 100% sure where the car came from. We think he might have gone straight over sort of Glen Hove, Oxford. And, um, we do know that there was no swerving. There was no attempt to stop. Um, and no hooting. So we don't think he even saw her. Um, and then without stopping, he continued to, to carry on. Um, and she, what actually happened to her was she kind of somersaulted over the car and seemed to take all the impact on her upper body excluding her head and neck, which is quite remarkable. Um, so she t- took the full force on her shoulders and her elbows, and she fractured a lot of stuff sort of on the upper part of her body, head and neck spread, um, and her left ankle, um, maybe probably just purely from the floor, um, onto the ground. And, and people came. People thought it was at a, it was at a, a petrol station. People came and helped her. But uh, there was a local security company that patrols our area, called cap security and they saw it and they chased after him and forced him off the road so they caught him so justice I think will prevail um, but that essentially is what happened and then they took her to Rosebank Clinic by ambulance they stabilized her on the road took her to the Rosebank Clinic and then transferred her to Maul Park to the trauma ICU all within about sort of four hours and my dad and I came back on Sunday and that's where we found her
0: Wow geez, what, a, what a, a horrible story but uh, glad things are working out in the end and then just finally Kim your mom's a very determined person, and running's been a part of her life for so long. What's the sort of medical prognosis of her possibly getting back on the road again once she's healed up and running again?
2: You know, it's it's a very it's it's a very interesting question because my mom is motivated by goals. That's what she that's what she does. She she aims for racing. She aims for you know these sort of these sort of um, personal goals where she sets herself time targets, and she's been doing that her whole life. Now her target really is to start walking, to start running again, and what is so nice when you've had a passion for so long um, that it's been part of your DNA, essentially your whole life you've been doing something. That that passion becomes your goal again so what I keep on saying to her is mom you must aim to start running again not so that you can go back and win races and you know go back and be competitive but because it's just kind of what she remembers and what she remembers that she loves doing so my point of view is that's going to be her aim is to get back into running because she loves it so much and because it's going to motivate her to get back and be fit and be strong and carry on so I think that in itself will see her running again. Um, And, you know, when things like this happen, your life takes a bit of a detour. She'll probably start finding other passions in the interim they've given her six to nine months of a prognostic rehab. So it's it's a long time. So she'll probably find other things to kind of spend her time doing, but she already said to my dad, there's no way. She and he are going to go for walks in the morning, and eventually she's going to start timing it, and she wants to go faster than him. <laughs> so it's so, and of course he just kind of smiles and, and goes with the flow, and then the competitive side of him comes out. But I think at the end of the day, I think she will run. Whether she'll be back to what she was, I don't know. Um, and it's very difficult to say, but I know my mom and I know that if she's got a goal just purely to get back on the road, that is enough. And I think that, you know, I think she will run. And if it isn't running, it's going to be at races. It's going to be supporting her friends, you know, so running will always be part of her.
0: Yeah. Kim, I really hope so. And, and you know what? I know your mom too. And I've, I've got a funny feeling she'll be back on the road as, as soon as she can. So. Absolutely. Please send on our best wishes to to your mom and dad, and yeah, uh, yo, you in our thoughts, and uh, and and we really sending tons of positive vibes.
2: Thank you very much, Brad, and thank you again for everybody who's been such a tremendous support to to all of us. It really has been fantastic. Thank you.
0: Well, as mentioned at the beginning of this week's show, we hosted our next New Balance Journey to Comrades webinar on Monday the 2nd of December. And it was uh, an awesome, awesome webinar if you missed it. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, questions that were asked uh, on this week's show as well. The answers, there was a whole lot more as well. If you want to find out more about it, all you have to do is go to runtalksa.co.za forward slash webinar uh, and you can listen to the whole thing there. But this is some of what happened last night. But I'm just going to touch on a couple of the, the questions that have come through because I want to keep this thing as interactive as possible. And uh, we have got quite a few coming through already. And uh, I'm going to read this one as is. And it's, it's quite an interesting one because this question is is something, and, and I think, Lindsay, maybe you can answer. me how much it's something my mother-in-law struggled with in, in her first comrades this year. And it's uh, from Gavin Hazel. He says, I'll be running my first comrades in 2014. He's from Durban. He's 41 years old. He's lean. And he's been training four days a week since the 1st of October, slowly building up mileage, currently doing just under 50 kilometers a week. So it sounds like he's got a great base. His question relates to the sun during Comrades. I think it's one thing that people don't really think too much about. He says he's got a very fair skin and sunburns really easily, so he feels drained after a short time uh, on a sunny day. Besides wearing a cap and slapping on the highest UV sunblock you can find, what other options are there? Will base layer clothing help? Uh, All my training and races are done early in the morning. Should I start doing some training in the middle of the day? I think that's a great question, actually.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, coming from Durban, I guess he knows the weather fairly well, but uh, the reality is that at that time of year, it is fortunately a little bit cooler, but as we saw last year, you know, no stranger to to really high temperatures in winter, and we are going into Durban, so it gets hotter and more humid as we approach Durban, and then, again, for those that uh, are going to be out on the road a lot longer, it eventually does cool down quite nicely in the late afternoon, but you can use uh um not really compression gear. It's uh, I can't think of the term for it now. But yeah, when I I raced in the, in the desert in in uh, 40 degree heat, I basically wore like a, a long sleeve lycra top and long sleeve lycra pants. Green looked just like uh, like uh, a garden gnome. But, but a very be. <laughs> moisture wrecking material so it does keep you cool, it keeps the sun off you which is which is really important. So um, just in terms of keeping his own body temperature down, I would try and uh, I would encourage him to keep himself wet. Uh so the, the 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 water sachets that are along the way are kept in ice bath, so you know if you bounce yourself every two to three kilometers when the water points come up, that'll certainly keep you cool. Um, you know, if comrades you, you're allowed seconds but they must be stationary so it's basically a stand and hand rule so if he knows people in, in Durban um, I would also look at something like an ice necklace you can get them from some sports stores and then you have a couple of those and every 15 uh, K's or so you get someone to meet you and give you uh, one of those ice necklaces that'll help the body temperature down but he's going to need to reapply sunscreen lotion as he goes along because as he burns uh, that is going to start compromising his thermoregulation. is going to push him further and further uh, into distress. So a cap goes without saying, um, and then yeah, he needs to reapply. I'd imagine three or four times along the route he'll need to reapply sunscreen lotion.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people actually don't even don't even think about or give much thought. To. I mean, they slap on some sunscreen early in the morning, and uh, and if you're anything like me, you're out there all day. So yeah, you need to really really take care of that. And, and interesting, like you mentioned those uh, the sort of long sleeve. That's exactly what what my mother-in-law actually ran in, and and I like to run in those long sleeve compression vests as well. You might think you get really hot in them, but it's a great way to keep cool. And, and like Lindsay was saying, those water sachets, you just use them to, to keep the arms wet. And, and I, I really, really enjoy uh, using one of those things. Louise, let's uh, stick with you and, and talk some more nutrition. You, you mentioned that this time of the year is really tough. And uh, and you, you've sent through to me some some really actionable uh, steps that people can take to to avoid the battle of the balls. And I'm glad you sent them to me because I really need to take note of these things. But uh, let's touch on some of those things now. And... Uh, one of them that you were, were talking about is—is this is really important in December to stick with your program? Tell us, tell us a little bit about. Uh, I mean, if, if you're looking at the screen now, some of the, the things that you really need to take note of.
4: Um, well, Brad, I just I feel that people work so hard for December, you know, to get your beach body and to feel as good as you possibly can, whether it's for just pure beach or for um, training purposes. And then suddenly, when December arrives, everybody stops training or going to the gym and stops eating well. So as far as I'm concerned, December is just as good as January. So you should just keep on going through the whole of December and stay on the program that you are. Obviously, you know, it's harder because there is more food around. And I see the next point there you've got is portion size. And because we are on holiday and a little bit more relaxed, people do tend to eat more. And the food is always nicer. So it's harder for that third point over there to say no. Um, you know, if you fill that second little piece of pudding or the ice cream or the fourth chocolate you might be reaching for, is always a lot more tempting. So it's quite important um, just to keep with the program and to stick to those good habits that we've built for the whole year. Um, and then the last point you've got there, keeping your greens Um, It's important to keep all the vegetables on the plate so that you fill up with the good nutritious food instead of going for those extra carbs that you don't really need or another piece of meat that maybe is not going to make you feel so great. Um, So yeah, just sticking to the program that you've built for the last 11 months is always a good idea through December.
0: Yeah, it's it's it is one of those things you talk about sort of working so hard and, and it's, it's one month can literally blow the whole year basically if you don't stay mm-hmm. on the straight and narrow and it's you, you don't need to deny yourself it's a case of, of everything in moderation but we'll touch more on that in a, in a moment as well just another question coming through on Twitter uh, using the hashtag uh, #AskRTSA. And it's from Grant Schulman. Uh, he said, greetings, how many minutes can you save between starting in the front of Group G and starting in, the, uh, in Group H? Lindsay, I'm going to let you take this one. Maybe I should answer it because that's where I normally hang out at the start. If you want to hear the answer to that question and a whole lot more it is all on that uh, New Balance Journey to Comrades webinar the website address once again to get to is runtalksa.co.za/webinar the next one happening on the 12th uh, the 13th rather of January 13th of January 2014 you can go to runtalksa.co.za/comrades if you want to register for that one and we look forward to having you along for that journey as well. I'm talking to
1: adrian bachelor adams who is the race director for the 20 miler it's the europe car 20 miler in harare which i've just run but adrian it's, uh, it's been going around for quite a while hasn't it
5: yes it started in 1971 uh, they, it, it, with 28 runners 24 finished and it's a challenging course uh, this year we had 388 runners which is not bad for Harari we have had up to 840 runners when we had all the international teams from around the SADC region coming used to stay at the University and it was a really big event. It slimmed down a little bit the, uh, with today's conditions but still a very good turnout and a very testing course as you said.
1: I mean it's, uh, it, it, let's quickly go through that course because it, it kicks off outside Harare and and runs back into the the heart of the northern suburbs of Harare. Uh, take, me, take me through it from the very beginning where does it start and, and, and tell me about the course. It used to start outside the
5: Enterprise Country Club, which is um, on the Shamver Road, and it, it, it finished at the police, the police uh, track in the middle of town. With various changes of, of arrangements, it then finished at the Harare Sports Club, and it now finishes at the old Georgians in the Mount Pleasant area. It's a very testing course. You start out on a reasonably flat ground, and you, there's five or six very long, big hills that if you're not prepared for, um, can be very challenging, and uh, you just got to understand that there are big hills coming. If you don't know the course, then you're in for a surprise. And it's a great test, it's a great leveler for everyone in this
1: town. I mean, 20 miles, 32 kilometers. Uh, i say I've run it for the first time today, and I have to say that I found it incredibly tough. Uh, the heat plays a, a big part in it. The race kicks off at six, um, but Harare, this time of year, first uh, of December, hot. First Sunday of every December,
5: first Sunday, whatever that date is, that's when the run is. This year it's the 42nd running. As I said we had it in 1971, the first run. And in the 23 runs that I did, and we, ne- I never saw one cloudy, overcast, cool day. Every year, it's, it was
1: hot. I never had a cool run. The, the runners that have been out there, and there was lots of water points every every uh, three kilometres or so, um, and, and great support. And there was a competition for the for, for the best water station. But uh, the runners that were out there, the the front runners, what sort of times did they finish this year's racing?
5: Slow this year, one forty nine, one hour forty nine for the leading male. The record's about 143, and the low 143. So I'm not sure how many seconds. Um, it varies between that, between 144 and 148, 49, depending on on who, who's running it. Uh, it's national runners, chaps who finished uh, usually in the top ten in comrades. It's a nice short race, lots of pace, and the hills are challenging, and they 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 they're
1: talented runners. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about top runners, you always think of people like Stephen Mazingi who of course has uh, done incredibly well in South Africa both Two Oceans and Comrades um, has he run this race? Yes
5: Stephen hasn't run it uh, He he's come out a couple of times and he's done and um, he's, he's wanted to get involved but he's never actually come and run it with us but he's um, there's no reason why he shouldn't run it I just think it, I don't know what his program is but we've got national runners that run that run good times they run good marathons I mean you're marathons are down in the, 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 the 219s and the, the 216s
1: Obviously a lot of people that listen to this particular um, podcast and run Talk SA every week um, are South African runners Do you have many SA runners coming to Harare to run the 20 miler uh, and, and the other races that the Harare Athletic Club puts on? Yes, Simon so, mean, we get guys up from
5: South Africa on a regular basis, they pick and choose what they want to run This is the last run of the year. As I said, it's always at the beginning of December, and it's a challenging run. So the one serious runners who feel like putting a notch in their gun for for, for having completed it, it's a challenging run to come and do. Bruce Fordyce likes running up here. We've got close friendship with him. He comes and enters lots of our half marathons and our our 32Ks. Um, We've had some well-known people like Philbert Bai from Kenya, and Ugandan runners, and we've had lots of international champs, not just South Africans, all around the Satic region, good runners have come up, and, and they've, won it, they've won it over the years. We, we've, we, the Zimbabweans have struggled to win this race. This year they've won it, but if you get a good international runner, then they, they're in the pound seats.
1: <laughs> okay, so we've got another year. Just quickly tell us about what's coming up for 2014. Uh, just maybe a couple of those key races that people maybe might want to consider taking part in. Our running program is
5: probably very similar to South Africa. A lot of it is geared around the Comrades Marathon, which is um, in in mid-June now. Uh, So the big runs that are worth looking at for for a little bit of experience is probably your late January, February, March and April. But your your February, March, April is when we have some nice marathons and if you get onto the Harare Athletic Club uh, website, you'll look at the calendar and pick something. And come and join us. We'll, if we make, make contact with the club, somebody will meet you at the airport and certainly host you and, and help you to the start and get you get you through the run.
1: There we go. Adrian Batchelor-Adams, who's the race director for the 20-miler, the Europe Car 20-miler, on Sunday, the 1st of December. I ran this race, and my goodness me, it is a tough challenge. Uh, admittedly, I ran last weekend at the RAC Tough One, and uh, and that race, in actual fact, pales into significance when you consider the, uh, the, the amount of climbing that one has to do. But uh, Adrian, thank you very much for speaking to us. Thank you, Simon, and good luck to all the runners. Have a
5: good good year.
1: Thank you. So there we go, another edition of Run Talk SA, and of course we now head into the holiday season. We're well into December, and I know that a number of you will be going, well, i got comrades next year, but that's only on the 1st of June. Don't let yourself slip now. You've got a marathon to do in the first quarter of next year. In fact, I would hazard a guess in the first couple of months if you're really serious about doing well in next year's comrades. And uh, it's very easy to let things slip when you've, when you've come off such a good running year. So December comes, maintain, carry on running, and we'll be course, uh, talking to you more about that next week.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what we spoke lots about on this week's webinar as well, You was just keeping things going and ticking over in December. You don't need to be doing tons of mileage, but you don't want to uh, let it all go. Uh, with all the hard work you've put in over the last few months. So if you want to check out that webinar, get to runtalksa.co.za and just click on the webinar tab. It is there. It's the fourth one. Uh, It's the December New Balance Journey to Comrades webinar. And that's about a wrap for this week, Parky. It's uh, been awesome once again. I just want to put it out there. If you listen to this on iTunes, uh, if you wouldn't mind just leaving us a review, it would be amazing and it'll help us out big time. You can also be in touch via Facebook, by the way, at facebook.com. Forward slash run And Parky I'm going to throw it in there as well. We mentioned it on the last uh, episode of talk SA about uh, that uh, program, the training program that I've, I've basically put together, the webinar. Uh, if you want to find out more, all you have to do is go to runtalksa.co.za forward slash Brad Brown, and you can find out all the details. If you want to start running from scratch in 2014, uh, maybe you've taken some time off and you're battling to get back going. Go check it out. Also, if you know someone who always says, I would love to start running, but I don't know what to do, this is for them. We'll get them from 0 to 10Ks in 12 weeks. Just go to runtalksa.co.za forward slash Brad Brown. All the details are there.
1: I actually think, and I'm being perfectly honest here, I think that a number of people always know someone who says, I'm not a runner, or I'd like to be a runner, or wow, I admire what you're doing. Maybe this is a time to buy that inexpensive Christmas present and buy this program uh, for your friend, for your colleague, for your better half, and say, here you go, you've been talking about it for years, now follow the program And here's my Christmas present to you. Uh, Let's see how you do in the first quarter of next year. And who knows, by the time we get to the pick and pay, if you're in Joburg or other races, of course, around South Africa, you could
0: be uh, maybe entering that uh, 12, 10, 10, 12, 21-kilometer race. Yeah, that'll be cool. That's a cool idea, Parker. I didn't actually think of that as a Christmas gift. Uh, So, yeah, go check it out, runtalksa.co.za forward slash Brad Brown. And the good news is I'll be giving away a couple of those programs on next week's episode of Talk SA as well. So we'll give you all the details on next week's podcast too.
1: And don't forget to have a look at the pictures we put up on our website of the HAC um, Tough One, or equivalent thereof. It's called the uh, the 20-miler. I honestly believe that we should maybe start getting a couple more South Africans up to our neighboring countries to do some runs. They are fun. They are uh, Uh, They're they're, they're very welcoming. And maybe we should start looking at where we can go for the weekends in neighboring countries. Lusaka, Mozambique, Harare, very, very close by plane. And, of course, travel's becoming more and more inexpensive with each year. So uh, have a look at the pictures and see whether you uh, wouldn't mind trying that one next year.
0: Brilliant. Parky, that's it. From myself, Brad Brown, have a great week and we'll chat soon. Look forward to it and uh, have a good running week.